You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Praise the Lord. Amen. amen. So when I say praise the Lord, you say amen? amen. So when I say amen, what do you say? No, I'm, just, I'm trying to get into your flow, okay. All right, whatever. Praise God. It's good to be here to see your glorious faces. I see more faces than ever. More anointed faces. Praise the Lord. I see some old anointed faces looking new. I was trying to connect back with when we were here last year. Um, and it was November. It was November 2017. And a lot has happened between then and now. A lot has happened. I can actually say to you that my wife and myself standing in your midst today were not the same people that were here last year. Amen. And I think that's how it ought to be. Yeah. Um, somewhere in the Bible says even if the outward body is wearing out, the spirit is growing old, the inner one should be renewed day by day. So there is a renewal we ought to be experiencing. But somewhere between last year and now, we've experienced some, some transformational uh, renewal, if you will. We've, we've, we've experienced some things, and if all we can do tonight is just to share some of these experiences with you and foundate them theologically, you know, I think it's going to be huge. Uh, but I also came wanting to say part of what uh, I witnessed living here last year is what I desire to see happen now in our country, Nigeria. Now, I remember, I can't, I can't remember the topics and the, the, the titles of the preachings that, and the teachings that we had here. I've been to so many places. Um, but when Pastor Eric was introducing me, I think he's one of the people that introduced me the best. <laughs> yeah, when he was introducing me, my mind went back to California. I was in California, and my wife didn't go with me. Some few months ago, and there was a big man, of, a big bishop. He's the regional overseer of their denomination. And he's never met me before. So he was specially invited to come and welcome me by his junior pastor that was hosting me. So the junior pastor said, you know, you, you are the one that should come and welcome this man. So I, I guess he went to Google, you know. <laughs> he didn't ask the Holy Ghost, he asked the Google. <laughs> okay, he asked the Google Holy Ghost. <laughs> he asked the Holy Ghost Google. So he wanted to find out about me. But when he was introducing, he said, um, the reason I came is because I want to hear a man that the Lord Jesus himself appeared to literally some years ago and told to go tell my people, to go tell his people some things. It's, so I knew he searched me out because there's no way he would have known that. So, and I'm praying, Lord, let him not be disappointed. 
because you know you can end like is this you <laughs> yeah so when Pastor was mentioning those things i remember the man in california so we've experienced so many things but i remember something pastor uba was there my wife was there mrs edith was there her husband dr manner and pastor they took us out on on sunday after this the meeting here that was the last day they took us for lunch and I think all things were working together for good, so I agreed to go for lunch. I don't do sightseeing, I don't do those special times. But I think it was the wedding anniversary, was it? It was, con was it your wedding anniversary? So I think that was what did the job. So somehow they took us to a special place. I was in this big uh, dining, uh, this big restaurant. And we got talking on the table. But what we were talking was about the need for the church prophetically to have spiritual impact on the nations around. The nation of South Africa, my nation, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, which was re well represented on the table. <laughs> yeah, but I remember also the Saturday before that day, there was a young man here that you said is, is a political analyst or something. I don't know if he's a runner. So I would met and we talk. So we were carrying the burden about, let's say, how can there be a change in Zimbabwe that is long overdue? Yeah. And then how about South Africa? Yes. And then Nigeria. <laughs> now this was November. <laughs> 2017. We didn't pray concerning this news. We were just talking. And we said, you know what? We shouldn't wait till things get settled before we move in. That actions will actually begin now. And we should begin to think strategically. And it's not about big meetings. And we're so convinced that things are going to change. Some weeks after, something happened in Zimbabwe. The rest is history. Yes. Some months after, something happened in South Africa. Yes. So, whatever you guys did to make something happen in Zimbabwe and South Africa, you must do now. It has to happen in Nigeria. I'm so serious. So, that has boosted my faith. And the changes that took place in Zimbabwe and South Africa were spectacular as they were miraculous. But part of what I remember about the, the teachings here is that our faith is meant to subdue nations. To subdue kingdoms. And on and on and on and on. So I want to show Take a moment. So if our interaction acted could serve as a catalyst to speed up reactions, even in the political arena, 12 months ago, how much more now? There are changes that go to take place. More changes, more changes, more changes. It's not yet El Dorado. 
We're not where we should be yet. As a continent. In the countries of Africa. And before I go to my message, I told Pastor Eric and about something in the office. You know, this will make you laugh. So it's better you laugh. <laughs> because as we proceed, you might not be able to laugh further. So just do all the laughter now. So they brought me in, and they, usually they took me to Pastor Eric's anointed office, and it's very intimidating, it's very imposing. And so, so I said, where is Pastor Uba's office? Doesn't Uba have an office here? I said, yes. I said, are you keeping it secret from, I think there's an anointing I need to tap from there. And he said, okay, okay. she has the key. So she led the way, she quickly went and opened her office. And when I got there, it was like, this is where the Holy Ghost lives. <laughs> And I said, that other office make me feel like I wanted to have a meeting with former President Zuma. <laughs> but this one, I want to connect with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so you can do all the laughter now. Praise the Lord. Amen. But one of the things we said when we go back to Eric's office, is that it can no longer be church as usual. Amen. My heart bleeds. I, I feel guilty. I've done a lot of repenting. Asking, what have we been doing as Christians? How have we been so disconnected from our environment? Why are we so unaware of what is going on? Why is there so much power and so much anointing and so much excitement in the church and it doesn't translate to the society? Why is there such a dichotomy between church and society? And so we start saying to ourselves, Back in Nigeria, it can no longer be church as usual. Because the church is not supposed to be the light of heaven. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So if the light is so intense here, but the world is so deep in darkness, then something is happening. We're not the source of the church of heaven where the salt of the earth so how can we be so salty and the earth around us is not seasoned and the corruption cannot be arrested as a matter of fact the point is that the church don't even have a sense of responsibility the larger percentage of the church and a church that live by itself for itself we die by itself so this faith to faith conference and it's good the team is the spirit the power and the glory we're going to take each that's what we said in the office so we're starting with the spirit tonight but what should the spirit be all about 
So when we are filled with the Spirit, is it just to sing beautiful songs like the, the band have done wonderfully well and make us feel good? Should we be filled with the Spirit just to speak in tongues here and jump and dance? It's being filled with the Spirit just about meeting our need. I hope that will not be spiritual masturbation. Permit my language. But masturbation never resorts to conception. It has its own complication. <laughs> and doctors can tell you that. So if church is not careful, we'll be engaged in either religious or spiritual masturbation. So no one is pregnant. Nothing is delivered out there. No impact. And since the church does not exist in the vacuum, If the world around us is falling apart and is sinking in darkness, I think we're under an illusion to think we're having heaven on earth. So I want you to take a moment. Just bow your head and ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to manifest himself, walk in your heart, walk through you, Tell the Lord, I don't want my life to be spent in vain. I don't want to engage in religious vanity and frivolity. I don't want to commit religious or, or spiritual kind of masturbation that will not deliver anything about your purpose. We don't want to remain disconnected from society, from the nation around us. We don't want to be irrelevant. We don't want to be a people without impact. We do not want to engage in vain religion. We don't want prosperity without purpose. We don't want basket faiths that is just for shopping, that cannot do battle. We don't want faith that cannot transform nations. We don't want faith that cannot subdue kingdoms. We do not want the faith that can stop the lion's mouth. Realign us and reposition us. Give us a new awareness. Give us a new consciousness. Open our understanding. Open our eyes. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Can somebody say amen? Uh, you had you to participate from first summer 10. Can you say a bigger amen? amen? All right, the message tonight, which is going to be another dimension of the spirit the theme is the spirit the power and the glory tomorrow we see another dimension of the power but that's not the title of the message but the title of the message tonight is connecting with the spirit of burning the burning spirit or connecting with the burning aspect of the spirit did you get the point however you put it you can just call it the spirit of burning, the divine spirit of burning. Because burning, as you burn, fire burns. Okay? Yeah. You see, the, the spirit has diverse expressions and different dimensions. As a matter of fact, the spirit has variety of symbolism. The many things that, that 
metaphorically symbolize and represent the spirit of God. For instance, in Hebrew language, the word for spirit is ruach. R-U-A-C-H, however you pronounce it. And it literally means, literally, if you just translate it literally, is both air, wind, or breath. So, uh, in Hebrew language, the same word they use for spirit is used for breath that you breathe. It's used for wind that blows. It's used for air. Are you listening? The same word. In Greek language, it's the same thing. The word for spirit is pneuma. That's where you have your pneumatic tire. Okay, pneuma also is wind, is air, is breath. So in theology, when you want to study theology in some theological school, they tell you, instead of saying studies about the Holy Spirit, they say pneumatology. It means you are studying holy about the holy spirit and basically is the holy spirit like wind like breath like air so you see there is a co-joining between greek and hebrew that the same word used for spirit is the same word used for wind or breath or air now that doesn't mean that this holy spirit is inanimate is that he operates like the wind, like the air, like the breath, the air you breathe in and out. Okay, so because you can't hold the wind, you can't stop the wind. As much as Jesus said, anyone born of the Spirit is like the wind. The wind blows, you don't know where it took off from. You may know the direction, but you don't know where it started from. You don't know where it's going to terminate. You can measure the speed of the wind. You can't trace where it took off from. And you can't trace where it's going to end. And he says that's how your life is when you are born, begotten of the spirit. So there is a, you know, there's a relationship between the spirit and the wind. But not just that, the spirit also is presented to us as God is, as river. River of living water. Fountain of life. Little wonder when God created man in the garden, you know, next to Eden, the Bible says he made a river to go forth from the garden. And that river literally represents the life of God from heaven. Can you say amen? And Psalm 36 says, God himself, if you read New Living Translation of Psalm 36 verse 9, he says, you are the fountain of life. Other translation says, with you is the fountain of life. But New Living Translation says, you, you are the fountain. So if it's a fountain, it's a flowing river. Is that right? He, he is a fountain. So, and you know, God is spirit. So if God is fountain, the spirit is fountain. Now, in Psalm 46, he says, it doesn't matter what happens on night. If the mountains be removed and be thrown to the sea and the sea roar, if the earth is removed, he says, we're not moved because there is a river. And he said, that river is God in the midst of the people of God. He said, that river makes the city of God glad. And you can go on and on. Ezekiel 47 tells us a river that started from the threshold of the, of the altar. And the further the river goes, the deeper and the bigger and the fuller it becomes. And that river is, is the very life of God. And down in Revelation 22, he says, after all he said and done, he showed me a river. And that river is God. Mm -hmm. 
So the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is God, is also presented as river. So we've seen the wind, we've seen the river, and we can go on and on, but I think one of the most outstanding symbolism of the Holy Spirit is fire. Is that he is a burning spirit. And I think the, the, the time we are living in and the events happening around us, the scenario that we face demands that we become conscious and connect with the Holy Spirit, not just like wind or air, not just like river or fountain, but as a burning spirit. I think that aspect has been missing. Because you see, if it's just like a river and a fountain, it can, uh, it, it can manifest and quench my thirst and refresh me and wash me clean. Am I talking? And the river can even take me to some places to accomplish some, some things. A river has a lot of benefits. And as the wind, you know, the wind can refresh you and can do all of that. But there is something that only fire can do. Some things will remain the same regardless of how much wind or how much river flows until the burning dimension manifests. I can actually say the Bible makes bold to say there are some sins that cannot be eradicated in the heart of people except by the fire of God. It's in Jeremiah. There are sins that cannot be washed away that can it's engraved like with a pen of iron on a heart of stone except the fire burn and melted and this is why god says in jeremiah chapter 20 he said jeremiah said when 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 i said i will no more speak the word of god i couldn't keep quiet because the word was like fire burning in me so I think we've had the word of God like it's, it comforts me. Oh, the word of God is an encouragement for me. It gives me assurance. Uh, it, it renews me. The word of God brought healing to me. But when are we going to experience the word as fire burning? And he says in Jeremiah 23, um, verse 29, he's, uh, is it 20, 29, 23? He says, my word is not just like hammer, it's like fire. Until the spirit and the world begin to burn, some things remain the same. You can go to church for decades and something will not change. Listen to me carefully. And I want to speak to you like I, I'm not sure I'll have another opportunity to speak to you. Absolutely. That's part of the burning aspect of the spirit. Because I've been to meetings as a matter of fact, this year, there are about three people I know that were in meetings where I preach this year, and they're no more alive. One in, in Liberia, the pastor of every nation in Liberia, he was in our consecration week uh, January this year. Another pastor in a place in Lagos called Kurudu, he was in a conference we held in May this year. Minister's conference. And I'm like, if they knew... That was the last time they were hearing me. And I knew that was the last time I was going to preach to them. I think the preaching would have been different. 
and I think they will have responded differently. So I want to speak to you like I'm not really sure how long we have. Because if nothing is, is done to arrest what is happening out there, very soon we may not even have opportunity to be able to sit together like this to talk to ourselves. So much is happening out, out there. The reason we're not aware is because the darkness is so deep, so thick, and there's no fire burning to reveal what is happening. You know, when it's dark, you suddenly begin to imagine that what is close to you is far away. Yeah, I want to say it. I want to say it differently. If we put off the light now, if it's all dark here, and I come close to a nail, you may think I'm still up front. When it's dark, you don't know what is close. That's why you stumble on things. Did you get it? In darkness, what is close? Imaginarily, is far away. And you can even be concerned and thinking what is far away is close. It's a distorted state. So let me talk to you. There are things happening in this country, in this city, right now, that we think is far away because it's not touching us. But when the fire starts burning and the light turns on, you discover whatever happens anywhere is close to you. Because when you are in the plane, it doesn't matter whether you are in first class or in economy class or you are in the toilet class. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever class. If part of the, the plane begins to break, yeah. you are coming down. Yeah. So can you imagine they say, well, there's fire in the cockpit. You say, well, but we're far away. I mean, that, that's, that's a pilot's problem. That also happened in the Titanic. They were still doing party. When the Titanic began to sink. So listen, maybe something is happening to the ship we're sailing on. And like Jonah, we have gone to sleep. Maybe we're in an aircraft. And part of the aircraft is smoking. But because the smoke is not entering your nursery yet. You really feel it's far away. I want to repeat what I said. When there is darkness, what is close to you don't appear close. You don't see them close. So the reason we don't know how close disaster is, and it's not to create fear. The reason we don't know how bad things are is because there's darkness and there's no fire. I call it the bliss of ignorance. When you are ignorant, there is a bliss you enjoy. By not knowing that disaster is near. But that bliss is destructive bliss. So if we don't have the fire, if we don't have the spirit of bond, if we don't experience the Holy Spirit, if all we know about the Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit, just come and put butter in my bread. That's the way some people pray in my country. 
Holy Spirit, I need some sugar in my tea. That could mean the marriage. Holy Spirit, from glory to glory means I got to change my car. I move to a bigger house. Holy Spirit, move. For me, with me, and nobody else. Well, that is antithetical to the nature of the Holy Spirit himself. Because the Holy Spirit, like fire, is never localized. It's never isolated in its operation. The Holy Spirit connects. The reason for disconnectedness, the reason for isolation, are you listening? As much as the reason we can remain isolated and insulated in the church is because the Holy Spirit is not really on. When the church is set on fire, we can no longer be isolated and insulated from what is happening in the politics. We cannot. Trust me. So I'm going to show you some scriptures so you don't see the guy was just talking, he didn't open the Bible. But let me, let me see you some imaginary stuff to help us. Let me use some imaginary stuff. How I know, even when we're speaking in tongues and shouting with frenzy, the Holy Spirit was not working as a spirit of burning. It's because it was possible for everything to be localized within the building. Can fire burn for a long time inside a building and remain in the same spot within the same room? And the fire is, is burning, but you know, it's a miraculous fire. It's not going through any other door. It's not, it's not moving. No. Fire charts a course. Fire open doors. Fire break in and enter into places. Fire cannot be restrained. Fire don't need visa. Fire don't need air tickets. Fire don't need means of transportation. Fire is mobile. Fire is dynamic. Fire does not discriminate. If, if she's on fire, whether you like her or not, you come near her, you catch the fire. Amen. If you don't catch the fire, something will burn down. Amen. So the reason people around us have remained the same, why we claim to have the Holy Spirit, is that the Spirit we know that we're connecting with is not the Spirit of burning. And we think we're being civil. We think we're being mature spiritually. No, 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 no. It's that the fire is not burning. It's that the fire is not burning. The Holy Spirit opened my eyes this afternoon. He said, just imagine if this whole place is engulfed with fire. The, the whole city will know. By tomorrow, it will be on the news. CNN we know. BBC we know. 
So how can we come together and say we were in the spirit and the spirit was in us and, and we were filled with the spirit and we were drawn with the spirit and only us knew it happened. Tell somebody can no longer be church as usual. It shouldn't be. I said fire don't discriminate. The reason with all our theology and our sanctified philosophy are you listening? And our spirituality we have been able to manage to keep our religiosity away from economy away from politics away from all other professional field is because there's no fire you imagine if you have an office complex one is a political party's office and another section is a banking office then you have a councillor's office in another room are you listening then there's an architect has enough if fire starts in the center is he going to say i, I don't go to political party's office no, no I, I i respect the banks So, it's either we're not on fire. Hello. Come on, lift up your hand. Say, Holy Spirit! Holy Spirit. Come upon me! Come upon us! As the spirit of burning! Say, on fire. On fire. Yes. Yes. and I can say to you fire the burning spirit is God's strategy it's God's strategy it's God's strategy let me give you two places in the book of Psalms in Psalm 18 verse 27 look at that it's one of my favorite Psalms Psalm 18, when it, wherever I reach and it's time, we'll just talk. We'll come back tomorrow. Tomorrow, when we're dealing with the power, you're going to see the power of God from an angle you've never seen it. Then you're going to discover that the lousy people may not be the powerful people. Even in church. They may not be the people that pray the loudest that are powerful. We'll leave that to tomorrow. Because there have been many people that were loud that didn't last in the church. And the people you told are not loud enough. And so they don't have staying power. They're still around. So I'm going to see a dimension of the power of God tomorrow. Hello. I will see together. Psalm 18. Go to verse 28. Is it verse 28? For you light my lamp, and my God will enlighten my darkness. Now, excuse me. I, I grew up without any spoon in my mouth at all. So, some people have silver spoons. Some people have wooden spoons. Some people have plastic spoons. The only spoon in my mouth was my mother's hand to feed me. You know, no spoon at all. 
So I know what it means to have lamp without light. Because if you have lamp and there is no kerosene, there will be no light. Now when you have your lamp and there is kerosene in the lamp, and I know some of you don't understand what I'm talking I'm speaking Greek now. Paraffin. Oh, it's called paraffin. Okay. So when you have the lamp and it has paraffin, you still need the match. You still need to spark the fire to put into the lamp before there can be light. So David is saying here, God used to put fire in me as the lamp so that he can enlighten my darkness. So listen to what I say. The reason the darkness around us is not challenged is because we are possibly lamps without the fire. We can be lamp with paraffin, which is the anointing. Which is the oil. But without the fire to light it up, the lamp is a burden. It's, it's not an asset, it's a liability. You are walking in darkness with a lamp that has no light. It's just an excess luggage. It is when it is lit with fire that the darkness is challenged. So there are churches, there are preachers, there are families, there are Christians. It doesn't matter if you don't go to church at all. That has not gotten the fire in their lamp so that the darkness can be enlightened. And when there is darkness, remember, you won't know what is close. And you know what is far away. As a matter of fact, I said to them in America, in California, I say Christians should stop fighting with LGBT guys. Because if it becomes dark here, very dark, I may think this is a woman because this place is, the church is well. And I may think Irene is a boy. So it's possible in the dark for the male to marry the male. For the female to marry the female, don't blame them, challenge the darkness, don't fight them. They're just telling you we're not seeing clearly. So, when there is darkness, there's bound to be misappropriation, there's bound to be misinterpretation. And instead of the church to find how do we light the darkness, you are hating them, creating more darkness. Did you hear that? You are hating them, creating more darkness. You don't know how to turn on the light. So the darker it becomes, the lesser they see. And the enemy is taking advantage of that. Just as it is said, let me say this also. Because there is no light of spiritual intelligence. I doubt if there's any light of any kind of intelligence at all. Because there is no light of intelligence, let me say. 
the church cannot see far into history. We don't know our nation's history. We don't know the church history. We don't even know our family history. And history is the only dimension that the further you look back, the clearer you see. Literally, the further you look, the lesser you see. In a literal sense, you see things that are close. But when you're dealing with history, the more you look back, the more you see where you are. The more you understand how we got to where we are. And then you can chat in incos. So, look at it. Church is filled right now in South Africa with people that didn't even know how the new South Africa came to be. The struggle that produced the new South Africa. The virtues and the value of, of Madiba. There are people in church that are clueless about it. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah, the church in America lost it because they didn't know what Martin Luther King Jr. They didn't know what he did that even made black to be able to vote. The civil rights movement. And you don't need to read the Bible. Just go back to history. Amen. <laughs> then you're going to discover that the people that created the freedom and whatever you are enjoying now did not settle for their convenience. They sacrificed their convenience. Now you are in church and you think your prayer and your faith is to make you convenient and comfortable. Because you are not connected with history. And I'm not preaching at you. I went back to my national history. Pre-colonial era. Now, there's something funny that I discovered that I'm going back now to cause trouble with. Because the British colonial master was said to have amalgamated our nation in 1914. They amalgamated the North and the South. The North Muslim and the Southern Christian. So it's called the amalgamation of 1914. Are you listening? So I just went back to history to check. Yeah, when the plane, I'm, I was like, wow, this stuff you're reading. I just kept reading history. I wasn't reading the Bible. And you know, Bible is also filled with history. Now I discovered the founding father of our nations. The founding father of our nations. There's one called Azikwe. There's another one called Awolowo. There's one called Amodu, Belo. The first prime minister is called Tafar Balewa. They were all born between 1910 and 1919 or 1920. Are you listening? 1910 to 1990. And the amalgamation was signed in 1914. Who were the people that signed it? I, I want to repeat what I just said. Doctor, did you hear what I said? The amalgamation was signed in 1914. The founding father that was supposed to have signed it were born between 1910 and... So please, when I come to ask for you to help me, ask the British. 
who signed the document? And what I just said to you is the reason Nigeria is corrupt and cannot progress because the structure is fraudulent from the foundation. So listen, it does not matter how much we pray. We have prayed and fasted and did vigils. If we don't go back to the fraudulent foundation and challenge it. We're moving over. So I'm saying that history is the only thing that the further you look, the clearer you see. Unfortunately, the church is filled with people that don't want to look to history. Listen to me. And I love you. This is why I'm stripping myself before you. Nobody preached to me to get born again. All the people that preached to me couldn't convince me. They couldn't win the argument because it was an argument. Serious. They could, and they got to a point they were avoiding me. It was very, I remember one guy said to me, but your father called you somewhere. Why are you so terrible? He said, even Muslims are better than you. I was a headache to them. Then one day, my sinner friend, all through, what, what do you call secondary school here? Whatever. High school. This guy were together from high school till the end of high school. He was my mentor in sin. <laughs> he, he was the one that mentored me in sin. I mean, all manner of sin. You don't want, the guy was terrible. He was a good mentor. He will convince you why you have to sin. Why you have to smoke. And he will blow cigarette and whatever into my face. And he said, listen, there is no death. I can't see death in the smoke. You wait until you grow old. Now, they've been preaching to me. Nobody could convince me. Then this guy that told me that we, we're not going to die until we're 90. He suddenly died. He didn't have an accident. He wasn't sick. He just died. So when I got the news, I said, no, 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 no. I, I said, he can't die. I said, this will confirm. They said, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. He's dead and buried. Then all his preaching into my head cleared. <laughs> so I went back to history. All the things that... I said, oh, so light came that, no, 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 I can die. If this guy die, I can die. <laughs> then I went to my father's house. Then I saw all the people that have died and how they died. And I saw that exactly what this guy was doing was what the people in my family did and died. Are you getting the point? So I put history together. And I asked myself, do I want to be like my uncles and my father? And like Sunday, what I know about them historically convinced me that I needed to change. So I went to my room and I said, Jesus, I'm not sure if you are real, <laughs> but if you are real, change me. <laughs> that was the prayer I prayed. That was the altar call. I wasn't sure of the prayer I was praying. I said, if you are there, I don't want to die like Sunday. I don't want to be like my uncle. I don't want to be like my dad. Do something and do it quick. <laughs> I didn't respect Jesus when I prayed. But the knowledge of 
the current history I knew. So then, to be free from every abomination in my father's house, I go back to history. How did our family get to where we are? Why? What reasons for the complication? Why couldn't we progress? What is responsible for the kind of diseases that were ravaging us? It was historical matter. It wasn't prophecy. That sorted me out. So if you can't look into history, you don't even have the light of intelligence. Are you listening? Now listen. It's doubtful if the highest percentage of preachers know church history. We don't know church history. And those who don't know history are sentenced to repeat history. Those who don't learn from history are sentenced to repeat history. So if you don't know the history of South Africa, how we got where we are, and what role the people play, how did the tide change? You may create another system worse than apartheid. Because it's a spiritual apartheid. When he lights your lamp, then he enlightens your darkness. Read one more verse. Help me put it there. Psalm 18. The next verse. Can we read verse 29 together? See when he lights your lamp. See what happens to you. Can you read it loud, everybody? For by you, I can. When I was in darkness, I couldn't run against a troop. I couldn't leap over a wall. But once you light my lamp and clear my darkness, I could collide with a troop and I could leap over a wall. And it's the spirit of burning that lights your lamp. And clears your darkness. The reason you think there are impregnable walls, barrier you can't break, is because there's no fire, there's no light, there's no burning. There is no motion, whether forward or upward, without fire. There's no motion, whether forward or upward, without fire. Stagnation is indicative of no fire. In the darkness, you would think a wretched ragtag army is an impregnable wall. But when he lights your lamp, you will say, is this a troop that has been standing as a wall? You say, I will run against them and they will scatter. Lift your hands, say, my Lord and my God, enlighten my darkness. Light my lamp by the spirit of burning. So I think what has been missing is the burning aspect of the spirit. It's the burning aspect of the spirit. If we do connect group and there is burning, the difference will be clear. The burning aspect of the spirit can be called the zeal of the Lord. There is no way the will of God can be accomplished without the zeal of the Lord. Am I talking to you? 
In Psalm 9, I mean Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, that's where it says, Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the name shall be called this and that, and so Of the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Right? Yes. At the end of verse 7, Isaiah 9, he said, The zeal of the Lord shall perform this. It is the zeal of God, like fire, that performed the counsel of God. The same thing is repeated in, in 2 Kings 19 and Isaiah 37. It is the zeal of God that performed the counsel of God. And New Living Translation, instead of saying the zeal of God will perform, he says the passionate commitment of the Lord. New Living Translation. Where other translations say the zeal of God or whatever. New Living says the passionate commitment of the Lord. That is the spirit of burning. Amen. Is somebody hearing me at all? Amen. We're about to rise up to pray. Listen to me. Just give me a few more minutes. Listen, 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 listen. It's the zeal of the Lord that performs the will of the Lord. Is anybody hearing me? So if the will of God is not being done in your life, it is not the environment. It's not your job. It's not, it's not your bank account. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not your pastor. It's not your church. There's no zeal, there's no fire. When there's no fire and there's no zeal, you will build up every excuse. And there will be enough blame to go around. You blame everybody but you. That's not on fire. I can use Father Adam to prove it to you. If Adam was on fire, when the serpent came to... If Adam was from my village... And you got a new bride like if whether the, the serpent glided or flew coming close to your bride to engage your bride and there was nothing in you that rose up to say excuse me serpent hello Adam was there throughout the engagement and interaction of serpent with Eve. He was there when Eve ate the fruit. And the Bible says she gave her husband with her. Not when he came back. Not when he came back. There was no farm. There was no office. Everything was there in the garden. He was there. You have been there all along in your family. You have been there all along when the serpent is busy engaging. And there's no fire, there's no zeal. Listen, when it was all said and done, the damage was done. And God said, Adam, where are you? So I heard your voice, I was afraid. Because I'm naked. I said, who told you? I didn't tell you that. Have you eaten what I told you not to? He said, the woman. The woman you gave me. So it's my problem. My wife is the demon. It's the devil. My mother is the devil. See, once you have no fire, You'll be building up excuse and finding who to blame. Yes. 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 Why? It's because you are not praying enough. As if your prayer shouldn't have activated her. You find so did you see Adam? No fire. All he could do finally is to blame God and blame the wife. You gave her. I got nothing to do. And it's been said, all that evil needs to do 
to triumph. All that evil needs to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You are so good, you are not evil. Yes. But there's no fire. Yes. There's no zeal yes. to challenge and resist evil. Yes. You see no evil, you speak no, you don't speak against evil. No, that's, correct. that's the recipe yes. for the triumph of evil. Yes. Because Adam did nothing and said nothing to the serpent. The serpent took over the garden. Yes. And even with God, his mercy have to walk all of them out. Yes. It's called the sin of doing nothing. So the spirit of burning is what is been lacking. Amen. Let's, end. Let's end with Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5. Help us put it. You see that I didn't make this up. Isaiah 4, are you with me? Then the Lord will create. Let's go back to verse 4. Isaiah 4, 4. It's easy to remember. Are we together? When the Lord has washed away the field of the daughters of Zion. Did you see that? Zion is quintessential people of God. It's the people of God at their best. Do you get this? It's higher than Israel. Israel is better than Jacob. Zion is, is the people of God. In the, that's why now in the New Testament we have come to mourn Zion. But the daughter of Zion have their field. That need to be washed away. Which even at our best. There will be field. Infiltrating. We say have Israel. But God will wash away the filth of the daughter of Zion and purge the blood, the guiltiness of blood in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of peace. So when Jerusalem is guilty of blood, just imagine. But the field of Zion and the blood of Jerusalem will be washed away. How? By what? Help me read it. By what? will the field and the blood be washed away by the spirit of the spirit of judgment and say two sides of a coin judgment there putting in living translation is justice justice and burning because justice burns like like fire that's why when they when a judge is ready to to sentence a criminal that is that is convicted there's a fire of justice burning. Amen. There's no sentiment. Amen. Am I talking to you? Amen. Did you see that? Is it there? Or is this new living? Okay, don't worry. Wherever you see judgment, it's talking about justice. It's talking about justice. So the spirit of burning is the spirit of justice. The spirit of justice is the spirit of burning. Is anybody hearing me? Yes, sir. If you don't understand it, you read Numbers 25. Don't, not now. No. Numbers 25, you have a man called Phinehas. When the children of Israel were committing immorality with the daughters of Moab. Because King Balak wanted to curse them. And they couldn't be cursed. So he went to hire Balaam, the international prophet. And the international prophet for a, for a reward. 
for honorarium. Was trying to curse the people of God. And it couldn't work. So he told the king that hired him. You bring wayward Moabite girls. When God's people begin to commit immorality. You don't need to curse them. They are cursed already. Did you get the point? Oh, so the king says, you have told me I've been issue. Very easy to bring those girls. So they brought the girls. They are in party. They say it's religious party. To cut the long story short, the boys of Israel began to sleep with the girls of Moab. And the fire of God's judgment began to kill them. Twenty-something thousand, 20, huh? 24,000, 20, whatever thousand, were killed just by committing immorality. So maybe that will help you why the fire of immorality is burning. The devil wants you to be self-destruct. You don't need anyone to curse you. Are you listening? But that's not where I'm going. So now people are dying. And Aaron is praying. Oh God, stop it. And Moses is saying, God. And there's a young man called Phineas. He said, I'm sick and tired of praying. You don't need to talk to nobody. He said, the next person that wants to bring a Moabite girl into this camp. To, to continue this evil. There's something burning in me. So he waited as a guy. He went to bring and he said, we will die anyway. <laughs> it's something that will kill us. I cannot help but commit him. As he brought the guy into the tent, Phinehas was not tempted. When you're on fire, evil don't tempt you. Are you listening? When you're on fire, you are propelled against evil. You are not attracted by evil. Phinehas went to the tent where this guy was doing the act fresh with another Moabite girl. He said, I'm not tempted. He says, there's a spirit of judgment and burning. And he pierced the two of them. And he came out and said, let the next one come. He didn't take permission from Moses. Then God said, Moses, Aaron, stop praying. He said, the prayer is answered. He said, Phinehas has thrown away my wrath because he was on fire for me. He was zealous for me. He said he will have the covenant of peace forever. So intercession without strategic action is pretension. Did you hear that? But what I'm saying to you, the reason I'm saying they're tempting me in our office. They're tempting me in the club. They say, ladies, tempting me in the church. Where is the fire? The reason you are attracted by evil is because you are not on fire when you are when, when you're on fire you are motivated to resist evil it's called the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment read it last verse read, read the last verse verse five where are we where are we have we put it there then after i have purged with the spirit of judgment and burning then then the lord we create on every house, above every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and above her assemblies, the churches, a cloud of smoke, a cloud, and what? And smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all, the glory will be a covering. 
We're going to end with the glory. But except the spirit of burning brings a cleansing and set you on fire with passion and you stop the segregation and the discrimination and the isolation and you stop the blindness and the darkness and you stop the unawareness and the disconnectedness with what is going on around you I will end with this I said my wife and I were no longer the same this year 2018 makes 40 years I gave my life to Christ and immediately the same year I gave my life to Christ I started preaching as an amateur are you listening? There's no type of preaching I haven't done. And there's almost no continent I haven't gone to preach. But this year, because we have been waiting on the Lord, like you've been waiting, hungry for God, Jesus said, okay, you really want me to feed you, to tell you my will? I say yes. He said, it's time to rise up and speak against the killings in your nation. The Boko Haram in your nation. And now the government is even complicit. They're doing nothing. They say, to keep doing church, why this killing goes on and it's not challenge, it's hypocrisy. It's not godliness, it's wickedness. And there's this young lady, you heard about it, Leah Sheribu, that the Boko Haram people kidnapped with over a hundred other girls, apart from the 200 kidnapped in 2014. Those are the Chibo girls. This one is called the Dapchi girls. In February, over a hundred were taken. But by March, there was some negotiation and they brought the other girls back. Only Leah Sheribu was held by the Boko Haram. Because, she says, I will not deny my faith. So obviously, the ones they released were either Muslims or they denied their faith. Yeah. Leah says, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to be in captivity than to give up Jesus. So since then, they've kept her. And we kept doing church. We were not even concerned. Oh, very sorry for Leah. Very sorry for Leah. You know, it's happening far away. It's in the northern state. Can't get to us here. One day, I was in the, in the living room, and I was watching the news, and I heard that Boko Haram have given one month before Leah is killed, if the government would do nothing. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, if you keep doing ministry and keep doing church, and don't hit the streets, and challenge the government and Boko Haram, it is wickedness. You have denied me. In fact, I heard Jesus said, I am with Leah in captivity. So I did a message, Christ in captivity, C in C, with Leah. And I said, well, if Christ is in captivity, our commander-in-chief is in captivity. All churches are in captivity. We are all in captivity. And none of us will rest again until that girl is released. So we marched the first march, October 2nd. In the federal capital, we take we come, a press conference. I didn't preach, I didn't open the Bible. The thing went viral. October 7th, we did another match. And we've been doing we did like four all over the nation in all our churches. What many years of preaching haven't done. That strategic move have turned the tide. 
As a matter of fact, for the first time, the president took a phone after the first day we march and called the mother of Leah. For months, nothing like that happened. Then my eyes got open that what long prayer and long preaching can do, the fire of God's passion, just for one person. Anybody hearing me? There are about 200 million people in Nigeria. We just stood up for one girl. For one girl. And it has turned the tide. There are people around you that you just standing up for and speaking. It's like the good Samaritan not looking the other side when somebody is dying on the road. One action will spark the fire. It's time for the spirit of burning. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. So what happens? Let's rise up. I want you to rise up. I, I, I don't want you to go back home without something burning you. I don't want you to go back home without a new vision. I don't want you to go back home without a passion. I don't want you to go back home and continue business as usual. Lift your two hands and say, Lord Jesus, here am I. I need your burning spirits. I need your fire within my soul, in my bones, in my family. I need your fire. Release your fire upon me. Thank you, Lord. Today is a day of Pentecost. In Acts of Apostles, chapter 2, the Bible says, When the days of Pentecost was fully come, as they were together in one accord in one place. I want you to align your spirit together tonight. So that we'll be, as we're in one place with one accord, Asking for the spirit of Bunny from the front to the middle to the back. Upon every housewife, upon every husband, upon every girl, every boy, upon all the singles, that the spirit of burning, the spirit of burning, the fire dimension of the Holy Ghost will come upon our life, that our life will not remain the same again. We will not be usual people anymore. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall afresh upon us. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon us dynamically. Dynamically. Oh God, we are not playing church tonight. We are not playing church tonight. We come before you in humbleness. We come before you because we are needy. We are needy. We come before you because we know nothing. We come before you because we are in darkness. We are before you tonight because we are clueless. We do not know the history of our forefathers. We do not know the history of our life. We are in darkness. Oh God, let the light shine. Let the fire fall. Let the light shine. 
Let the fire fall. Turn out to other people. Turn out to other people, to another person, to who you want us to be. Let your power come upon us. Somebody, please close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't deceive yourself. Close your eyes. Let me sincere tonight. Let the power come. God is ready to do great and mighty things. Oh God. Just like the day of Pentecost. Just like the day of Pentecost. Just like the day of Pentecost. of the strength you have the limitation of the fire that is burning in you you will open your mouth yourself and say Lord I need your fire come and say it you just continue to repeat Lord I need your fire I need your fire because I don't like what is going on in my family I need your fire because I don't like the way my life is going. I need your fire because I'm no longer productive. I need your fire because I can't see the signs that you are with me. Tell God why you need the fire. Tell God why you need the fire. I need your fire. I need your fire. Because I'm not as zealous as I should be. I need your fire. Because the spirit of lying, the spirit of evil, is reigning in me. Hypocrisy and arrogance. Pride. Evil speaking. The works of the flesh. In Jesus' name we pray. You're going to pray for the fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. You know what? One of the things destroying the people of God is carnality. And carnality is not simply because you fall into sin. Carnality simply means you walk by your senses. By your senses. It makes sense to me. I was telling some people, it doesn't, don't, the Christian doesn't say, so it, it makes sense to me. No. It can make sense and it may not succeed. Yes. You're going to ask the Holy Ghost to take over your life so that you will no longer be carnal. Yes. Carnality means you walk by your senses. Suspend your senses and let the word of God rule over your life. And if the word of God is ruling, it means the Holy Spirit is ruling. I want you to surrender yourself and say, Lord, I'm putting senses aside. I'm putting senses, logic, 
Those things are things that happen when people are not operating by the spirit of burning. And you are making mistake upon mistake. And, and sometimes when you say something is the best, you, you realize that's the worst thing you've ever done in your life. Because you are not moving by the spirit of the Holy, by the power of the Holy Ghost. You know how many people saints, their saints have destroyed. You got into a relationship with your senses. Invested in business with your senses. Make sense to you. Let the Holy Ghost take over. Take over. Holy Ghost fire. I don't know if you know it. Fire fall on me. Holy Ghost fire. Yes. Fire fall on me. Oh. Fire fall on me. Oh, fire fall on me. Yeah, fire fall on me. Yes, Lord. Like the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. Oh, like the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. Thank you. Can you please, I, I need for three people to hold themselves and pray powerfully as you've never done before. Three, not join hand. Three, that is make a circle. Three or four. If you are not three, as you are two, just two or three. Wherever two or three, this concept of church is two or three. I want you to inject some fire into the person you are holding. Inject some fire. Inject some fire. Let the fire flow. There was an illustration. And if you, if you get in contact with someone that has fire, you will know it. You will know it. Maybe you are the catalyst that is injecting that fire. Jesus, let there be fire. In the name of Jesus, let the fire of God come upon every soul, come upon every life. Hey, hey, hey. No one should remain the same. No one should remain the same. No life should remain the same. No family should remain the same. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Yes, yes, the Spirit of God is leading me 
that we should pray for every family represented here. That all the snakes and all the scorpions that are resident in the families, living under their bed and under their table, living in the children, all the snakes. You see, you still know what happened. When a snake fastened itself into the hand of Paul, he shook it into the fire. Thank God there was fire and, and Paul, you know, Soak the snake into the fire. We are going to, with one voice, go into a different home and send the fire there. Yes. Come on now, open your mouth. Jesus, Jesus said, I came to to kindle fire. I came to kindle fire. I came to kindle fire. It's starting from the homes. It's starting from the homes. It's starting from the home. Every serpent, every serpent, every snake, in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. We send the fire of God in the name of Jesus. Your table, your table, your table, your table, yay! In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. We address you snakes. We address you vipers. We address you scorpions. Both in the heart, in the life, and in the home of people in this place. I address you. I see you in the name of Jesus. We command the fire of God, the power of God, the fire God to burn. 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 In the name of Jesus. Born in the homes, born in the children, born in every relationship, born in every relationship, oh, born in every relationship. Am I wait? Now, this is what the fire you are carrying afresh by the word of God, because as is you, the word of God is, is spoken to you, something has entered you. And a holy anger is rising up in you to address the serpent, the scorpions. It will be seen. Testimony will come. A lot of relationship, a lot of marriages are just cohabiting. There is what is going on. And we are going to kill all the snakes. The snake that went to the garden to destroy Eve's marriage. That is trying to come to destroy marriages and relationship. In the name of Jesus. Come and open your mouth. Kill all the snake. Let the fire of God. Kill all the snake. Kill all the scorpion. In the name of Jesus. The spirit of argument. The spirit of fighting. The spirit of hatred. The spirit of hatred. We come against you. Disunity. We come against you. Lack and want. We come against you. We come against you. We're 
need the fire. Yeke bubble. Yeah. There is no peace for the wicked. Die by fire. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We address you. You evil spirit. You spirit of unfaithfulness. This unity. We address you by fire tonight. Reke Bobo, you spirit of poverty in the families, we address you. You thinking demon, you stinking demon, we address you tonight. I will send the fire of God. By the fire of God, we command you to die in the name of Jesus. You shall proceed no further. You will proceed no further. Yeke Bobo Bobo, Reke Bobo Shetelebo. You spirit of hatred. Leke bobo bobo. Leke bobo bobo. Yeke leke de 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 de. Abara bosheke bobo. Yeke bobo bobo. Ah! Dekele borobo. Aboro borobo. Kebo shetata. Yete te de re bobo bobo. of your hiding places. The fire of God is chasing you out of your hiding places. Because we are vessels in the hand of God in this church. We are vessels of God. Therefore we rise up to contend with distractions of every kind. Distractions of every kind. Distraction of every kind. We command you to go. We command you to live in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Labor, we are rising up. We are rising up. We are rising up in the fire of the Holy Ghost. We are rising up by the power of the Holy Ghost. Labor, labor, Every kind of coldness, we address you by the fire of God. The fire is cooking. <laughs> the fire is burning, people of God. Don't go without the fire. Let it be known. Let it show in your talking. Let it show in the way you serve God. Let it show with your passion. Let it show that the enemy know that you are rising up. That you are risen. And when you rise up, you shine. 
Thank you, Jesus. A lot of reconciliations need to happen. Tonight, doesn't it matter with you, your husband, your wife, your children, recon no more isolation. Darkness should not be seen around our homes. Darkness must not be seen anywhere. We say enough is enough. You will go home tonight. You go and do the real job tonight. What no man can do, only him can do it. And he has done something in your life tonight. Put your hand together for the Lord as he welcomes us. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.